Today on this episode of the PV Roundup Specialist Spotlight. In some series, a single hospitalization for COPD is associated with that patient having a 25% mortality in the subsequent 12 months. So not just not doing well, not just having low lung function, not just an impaired quality of life, but being dead. Today, pulmonologist Drs. Robbie Callen and Nick Hanania joined the podcast to discuss COPD readmissions in this PV Roundup Specialist Spotlight. Boehringer Engelheim has 100 years of heritage in respiratory disease. Since 1921, they have emerged as a leader in this disease area, having launched several treatments in a range of respiratory conditions including asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, and lung cancer. Their focus is on improving the quality of life of patients suffering from debilitating respiratory diseases and enabling them to maintain a more independent life. Learn more at BoehringerEngelheim.com. This content is solely the responsibility of the authors and does not represent the views of Boehringer Engelheim or its affiliates. Hello, I'm Dr. Nick Hanania. I'm Professor of Medicine and Director of the Airways Clinical Research Center at Baylor College of Medicine and Chief of Pulmonary at Bentob Hospital in Houston. Welcome to this program. And I'm Ravi Calhan. I'm a Professor of Medicine and Preventive Medicine at Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine in Chicago. Well, great to have you, Ravi. It's, it's a real pleasure to speak with you today. Same here, Nick. Nice to see you. Great. Today, Dr. Callan and I are going to discuss the topic of COPD readmission, a very important issue for both primary care and specialists. Uh, let me start with you, Ravi. We, we know that exacerbations of COPD are a major problem in the course of this disease. And there's a selected component of, of people with COPD who actually have repeated exacerbations. And we know that exacerbations have been linked to poor outcomes. Uh, lung function decline, repeated exacerbation, even mortality, as well as poor quality of life. But then there is this selected patients who keep coming in the hospital on one time and then followed by another and followed by another. And we know these patients are very at very high risk of poor outcomes. But do we even know why this, and, and thank God it's a small group, but still a very important group of patients keep getting admitted to the hospital with COPD. What drives this? Yeah, well, that's a really hard question, Nick, because like most diseases, COPD is one that has several components to it, and there could be multiple reasons why someone is faced with repeated severe exacerbations. Before we talk about readmissions, though, maybe we should think about a hospitalization in the first place and how serious a COPD hospitalization is. You know, for COPD is associated with that patient having a 25% mortality in the subsequent 12 months. So not just not doing well, not just having low lung function, not just an impaired quality of life, but being dead. I mean, these are serious, serious things that are associated with, you know, the most dire of consequences. And then if someone has a repeated episode where they're in the hospital two or three times a year, we can only imagine what that does not only to their quality of life, but to their survival, really. So we know there's some things that are associated with um, recurrent COPD exacerbations. Some of them are comorbidity burden. People who have simultaneous heart failure, which is many, have a higher risk of exacerbations. People who have um, 
the inability to gain access to the best medical care because of social determinants of health or other problems with self-efficacy are at high risk for repeated readmissions. And then the other major association with um, hospitalization is not doing the things beyond pharmacotherapy that we know are necessary, counseling on smoking cessation, avoidance of toxic vapors, gases, dusts, and fumes, whether it's in the workplace, home, or other environments, and then pulmonary rehabilitation, which we pulmonary doctors like to talk about a lot as a key component for our patients with COPD to enable their rehabilitation and through educational programs establish their self-efficacy and disease management, but actually is very difficult to access in the United States and doesn't get utilized as much as it should. And then the last one, Nick, um, worth mentioning is that we have pharmacotherapies now that do prevent severe and moderate to severe exacerbations. And Nick, you've been involved in a lot of those studies. Maybe, maybe you're better suited to speak to them than I am, but applying the appropriate pharmacotherapy to someone who's had a prior severe exacerbation, it seems to me likely prevents subsequent exacerbations in the future. So thanks, Rory, for outlining this. So one, what I understand from you, it's a, not a magic bullet that we have to address this issue. And it's actually a multidisciplinary approach. And, and indeed, I agree with you, the severe COPD exacerbation requiring hospital admission. In fact, if you look at epidemiologic studies, and you mentioned mortality, mortality from these admissions is higher than mortality from myocardial infarctions. And you know, the, the cardiologists have, they call it heart attack. We don't call this COPD attack, but it is an acute COPD attack, uh, like a heart attack, a lung attack. I think it's, it's as critical to prevent these, and obviously the readmission. The question is, you know, can we do something? You mentioned uh, addressing comorbidities. I think uh, it's interesting to see that many of these readmission cohorts have been looked at, and psychological comorbidities is very, very high in these patients. Now, it's, it's the chicken or the egg. Is it are they depressed and do they have anxiety because of their disease or if it's, is it linked, you know, what comes first? But there is no question that psychological comorbidities are very important in these patients. And we as pulmonologists don't usually address this, unfortunately. You know, we, we haven't been learned, we didn't learn how to address, you know, depression, anxiety. Often we don't think about it, we don't screen for it. So I think that's important to keep in mind. The, the, the other thing that often I see in these hospitalized patients is they often have cardiovascular comorbidities. And sometimes it's very hard to, to, to differentiate between heart failure exacerbation and COPD exacerbation. And sometimes we just throw everything on them, treat them with diuretics, give them steroids, antibiotics, and one of them will work. Well, you know, it's not a good approach because we don't want to give steroids if a patient has heart failure. So I think evaluating their cardiac function is important. And then another thing that I think will work and we haven't implemented is these patients should be seen by a specialist, either in the hospital or at least after discharge, just because we want to make sure they're on the right track, the right medications. You mentioned very nicely that they have to be compliant and they have to be given the right medicine so that they can prevent them from coming back. And the last thing I wanted to add to you is sometimes we forget to check how they're using their inhalers before discharge. And unfortunately, this is something our respiratory care practitioners now in the hospital, we have given them that uh, function, at least in our hospital, to do that counseling before the patient is discharged, including smoking cessation counseling. These are important things 
to hopefully prevent this readmission, which we know that it's not hard for the patient. It's not only hard for the patient, but the healthcare system, the hospitals are penalized if somebody with COPD gets readmitted within 30 days. As we know, it, the hospital won't re, be reimbursed for, for, for that readmission. Well, that's great. Is there anything we can do um, to minimize this negative impact? You know, we mentioned a few of these. What's your formula, Ravi? What do you usually do in these patients when you see them in the hospital? Well, you know, I think the easiest piece of the formula, Nick, is that the person should leave on an exacerbation prevention strategy. So you mentioned cardiologists and heart attacks. You know, whether someone it, it is admitted to the hospital with cardiac chest pain or non-cardiac chest pain, they get risk stratified regarding their future. So they may end up on a cholesterol-lowering medicine or um, other medicines that mitigate risk of future heart failure. We don't really do that with COPD in a thoughtful way. So the, the most important thing, if someone's hospitalized with COPD, is that that person be discharged on a maintenance regimen for their COPD, which prevents subsequent exacerbations. That means triple inhaled therapy, as we call it, a long-acting beta agonist, uh, long-acting muscarinic antagonist, and an inhaled steroid combination in a single inhaler. Then they may need, if they're a repeated exacerbator, other therapies, something like roflumilast or azithromycin, for which there's pretty good evidence that those medicines prevent exacerbations. And I think, you know, in the respiratory community, sometimes we've come to believe that those medicines are incremental in their impact and not that meaningful and sort of not effective. That's sort of the bad rub in respiratory medicine. But it turns out there is a really good clinical trials database that supports all of those things. Triple inhaled therapy, azithromycin, roflumilast, even pulmonary rehabilitation as evidence-based tools that can prevent future exacerbations. But I can't stress enough what you said before, Nick, that these patients need to be followed up closely as outpatients. They can't just be discharged from the hospital and hope for the best kind of thing. We need systems, programs, access to clinical settings and subspecialists that can offer multidisciplinary care and ensure that these folks are enabled to receive the benefit of the therapies they're providing. I mean, the social determinants of health impact chronic lung disease and COPD in particular in a disproportionate manner. And we need to think about those sort of issues around health inequity when we approach those who have high healthcare needs around COPD. Mm -hmm. Well, great, great. Uh, one other thing I find useful, and at least in our setting, I know many hospitals have gone that way where they instituted certain protocols for COPD management within the hospital setting and even in the emergency department. So engaging our hospitalists, which, as you know, are an are, are important group of people dealing with these patients, as well as the respiratory care department and maybe having one or two champions within the team in the hospital to 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 put together a protocol that would be implemented. And in, this is important because we, we've done, and I'm sure you've seen it, uh, we've done even surveys, we published papers on this where patients come in the hospital and go out with the same regimen they were on. Nobody cared to look whether they are taking it, taking it correctly, uh, having problem uh, with the device. Uh, th these are Im important issues to, in the hospital. When the patient is in the hospital, this is a golden time to at least reassess what's going on. Why is this patient coming in? What triggered this disease? What are comorbidities I need to, to address? 
is the patient using their inhaler? And if they're not using them correctly, maybe, maybe not necessarily change the medication, but change the delivery system. We actually have, have seen that even pulmonologists tend to jump to different medicines when something doesn't work and don't question that it may be the delivery system that's not working and not the drug itself. And the good thing is now we have many options for pharmacologic therapies uh, that come in different bells and whistles, you know, the different uh, devices and delivery systems. So that's another important thing. Um, Ravi, this has been really very enlightening for me, and thank you so much for your input and for joining me today. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Always great to talk with you. And that's today's special spotlight. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. You can send any tips or suggestions to editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my flash briefing? Thanks today to our guests, Drs. Robbie Callen and Nick Hanania. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine. 